I'm vengeance. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark 128 of the Super Civil Servants Podcast. My name is Greg, the Bat Daddy 52. I thought about changing it to Vengeance 52, but it just didn't sound as good. So we've got some really fun stuff to talk about this week. I've been waiting to talk about the Batman for, seems like, forever now. And we're going to tonight as long as some Picard, some squirrels, all that good stuff. And doing it with me, I got my co-hosts and my bo- my friends. I was going to say my boys, but Sarah's here too. My homies. Uh, Ross, what's up, man? much long week pushing an <laughs> extra day yeah uh, saturday de- felt like a monday i'm telling you that there's been certain days this week that this have just drug on for me and then other days that have flown by like they flew by for me i can't believe it's here now but it's fun oh and by the way sorry everybody uh special saturday show you know busy <laughs> fridays and hadn't seen the movie yet so we want to just push it till we get this review out but sarah what's it's up with the vengeance that's right <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, fellas. I'm good. I'm good. That means fresh in my brain. So this morning, so I'm like, I had it sitting in um, my theater, drinking a sip of mimosas and watching violence. So yes, great morning. <laughs> Ross, I feel like I peer pressured you into seeing this movie this morning, but I don't feel too bad about it because you get the end result is you got to see a fun movie. <laughs> so the, I don't the I was only... like, watch it. <laughs> trick was i didn't know when i was going to be able to right and so i actually had to go on a drive real early this morning instead of like later on in the day so it just kind of worked out so i know i wasn't gonna be able to last night and it, allergy season here is kicking everyone's butt and i have been so doped up on allergy pills that i've been barely getting sleep Dude, it's come up this way too. I mean, that's been me for the past week, and I probably hadn't had allergies since I moved up here. And I'm like, mm-hmm. damn it. <laughs> North Carolina for you. Yep. That's what it is. But all right. Well, um obviously we're talking about the Batman this week. We're talking about Picard season two premiere. Um, and before we get into all that, I just want to get some thoughts out about Revan. I know I was talking about it before, but I've completed it. So you want to talk a little Star Wars with me and then we'll get into uh, everything else? do it cool okay so i started revan all right now to this point i've read all the throne books i've read the um uh the bane books uh and i've gone into revan and I'm, right now i'm into plagueis i realize now that i read these things completely out of order especially starting with throwing <laughs> i'm just kind of doing like a machete style reading uh, and going into plagueis now i realize that i should have read um bane and then uh straight into plagueis instead of back to Revan. So just time jumping is what I'm doing, which is terrible for me because I'm not good with time jumping. Um, <laughs> but okay, so Revan of these books, like I, I said before, it started out pretty, like like as my least favorite of the books I've read so far. The first 13 chapters were like really, I was really having a hard time catching it, but I know this is like a fan favorite character. I know this guy's got to be good. So Nathan keeps telling me it's a great book, and Sarah, I know you love Revan, and he's just a huge fan favorite, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go through it. After the first 13, because there's 27 chapters, 
the rest of it was pretty amazing. It, I don't know why it was like at the point I stopped and restarted, it started to get really, really good. <laughs> then the ending, and Sarah, I think you described this to me, is just abrupt and ends terribly. Like it, it, it would end great if it was the second book or it had a sequel to it. But the way it kind of ends, and you know, um, just nothing from the beginning of the book to the end of book end of the book has changed. From from what happened with Revan, it's it's like, and Revan's gone. And I realized that you know, I know the future story and everything else, but I just whenever I looked into a Revan book, I, I, a more interesting story for me was the Revan and Malak story, like him mm -hmm. Jedi Sith Jedi. Um, but. I guess I can get that by getting the games and by reading this book, Revan book, it's made me want to buy all the Knights of the Republic games, which I'm going to do because they're dirt cheap now on the PC. Uh, but uh, I also wanted to address that I've seen people online. The Emperor in this book <laughs> is the most, I don't give a shit what anybody says. The Emperor in this book is the most badass villain ever in Star Wars. Okay. And Revan is the most powerful Jedi ever in star wars like i don't want to hear an argument about it if you haven't read this book because they both are it's insane like the the emperor in this book literally sucks the life force out of a planet and not just kills all the like living beings like the plants everything insects the actual force is gone from this planet this planet yeah, is it a creates void. a void yes okay and that's how he's lived for thousands of years so you can't tell me that any, no matter what, that Sidious could do anything to this guy. This guy could make a thought and kill you, which is a thought. There's absolutely no way. And I've seen arguments online. People talking about Sidious could beat him. There's no way in hell Sidious could beat this guy. Absolutely no way. But I just wanted to lay that to rest because, um, I mean, it's just the way it is. But the book finished strong, like I said, the last 13, 14 chapters, but I hated the way it ended, and it felt like it should have been a continued, like, continued story. And I do realize now, after watching the cutscenes from the new Knights of the Old Republic like reboot, uh, uh -huh. that it that is the next story. Like, that's the story coming back. So I'll have to get that game and play that, or just watch the, all the cutscene movies and or clips and figure that out. Even though I watched a lot of them, but... It was jumping around, and I guess I need to play the game to really make it make more sense. Well, so. that book to me is because you had Knights of the Old Republic. You had that video game, so that was basically like you know the old one. That was like the beginning, and then Revan, the book itself. That's where it took place after this. So to me, the whole book unto itself is almost like you're just kind of slicing out a bit of time, like this one little like you have this whole. Story. Oh no story but that ending it does because i remember getting to, because i read the actual book so i'm like thumb you know i'm like reading it last page and i'm like yeah <laughs> that, that's the way i felt listening to it i was like what <laughs> there's got to be more out there and that's the only complaint i have because it was just so like it just ended yeah and i'm like i no this is no <laughs> Kevin in the chat says that they actually ended the Revan story in the MMO. Um, the first two games are amazing. Yeah, I'm going to check them out. I'm going to get them and watch them. I tried watching the cutscenes from the first original games, but that's one of those things that, like, I'm not going to watch this unless I'm playing it and watching mm -hmm. it because it's just not quality that I want to watch just for the hell of watching it. So I'm going to get the games. I mean, you can get – I saw two of them online. 
for like 11 bucks. Yeah. So like they've been doing the re-releases for like the past yeah. <laughs> three years. They've been dropping like Outcast and all the other old ones. And I mean, I even picked them up for like Switch. Yeah. Just for, you know, just to reminisce, I guess, really the best <laughs> way to put it. But that's what I should do is get a Switch. Or actually, I've got a Switch. Get them for Switch. Or it's the Switch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not any good. Just get them on PC. Oh, I mean, they have they got plenty of games and all that kind of stuff, but at the same time, I mean, you might as well just you really. I mean, looking back is fantastic. All the stuff they had, but if you didn't grow up with it, it if you didn't grow up with it, it's kind of like a different story, right? So now you have all these new things that are coming out, and they're trying to do all sorts of weird stuff with it. The problem is is that most of us still hold on to that. That's the whole problem with Star Wars. We hold mm-hmm. on to our Star Wars. And so, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's... I would definitely say play the Old Republic games. Those, I think, are really the ones that are worth it. All the other ones you can pretty much skip. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, even that new game, they got so much controversy, so they're not even dropping that one until, like, 27 or something like that. Like, they just showed a preview of it for the first time this year. I'm like... That's five years away. I'm not waiting that long. I mean, I'll be here whenever it comes out. So, like, and if that's when it comes out, I'll wait that long because I had to. But I mean, I don't know. Um, Kevin says the remaster in the first game that'd mm-hmm. be pretty cool. Um, he says probably the best Star Wars story since the OG movies. Yeah, like I said, I I know the whole Revan story like from beginning to end, but I've only read the Revan book and the Revan story is a great story. I'd love to see this in some movies or see a storyline of it. Um, I just, I didn't get what I wanted out of that book. And so I guess maybe it was coming off of Bane. Really, really liked the Bane trilogy. Um, and now that I'm into Plagueis, I realized that I should have <laughs> gone straight from Bane to Plagueis uh, in the order because Revan was before all that anyway. Uh, but it is cool now that I'm actually reading the Plagueis book like this is really really good. I'm about 6 7 chapters in, but like in the in in the in the epilogue, you know, you get uh in spoilers, I don't even care. Well, I y'all care if I talk about what's going on with the book. I don't know if y'all read the Plagueis book or not. Not going to knock stuff out. Okay. <laughs> it's like spoilers after like 10 years, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> in in the epilogue, it's like uh, yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> um it's Sidious killing killing um uh gosh, what's the well, why can't I, I'm having a meltdown right now in my brain uh plagueis okay it's cities killing plagueis in the epilogue and then in the uh intro the first chapter it's plagueis killing his mentor which i can't remember his name or his master which i can't remember his name right now and it did answer some questions and set up some really cool stuff um the question we were talking about last week i know we were talking about the rule of two and how we didn't really understand what was going on with it or i didn't at least based on what i've read in the books into what we've seen in the movies because it seems like there's been a lot more Sith than just the two. And in this book, they explain that the rule of two is only what is directly uh, down from the Bane line. Like there are other people who are fakes. They say that are, that are force users or that, that are not real Sith, but they would never be Sith Lords. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. They explain that. Like, I really, really thought that was cool. It's really cool. in this one that they are setting up, this, they, they set it up that it's 44 to, 42 years BBY, I think. And um, they're setting up the annual pod race 
in which you see Anakin in, uh, you know, I guess it's been going on a few years then. Um, they mention the Revenge of Sith, how this is the start of the Revenge of the Sith, which is really cool to hear that. Um, Plagueis is really the one who set all this stuff in motion, not Sidious, to be truly honest with you. Like just going back and listening. Like, huh? Someone's got a plan. You're going to piggyback off of that. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's the way it's been going down the line. It's cool because in this one, they even they reference Bane quite a bit. They reference Zana. They reference Cognus. Like all these characters that I've read about in the book before or the books before, they reference all this stuff and their teachings and everything else, the holocrons and everything. I'm like, ah, oh, it's cool that I know all that stuff from reading those books. That's why I should have read them in that order. But um, if you haven't read that one, it's a really really good read, and uh, it's it's cool seeing how it's setting. I'm only six chapters in, and I already know how this is going to go, setting up for. Um, what's the the phantom menace like rolling right into that and it's pretty cool so i'm enjoying it but i did want to talk about revan for a minute because b b plus story just the book but i know the story's great so i want to see the rest of the story and i'm going to through the games and i'll keep you updated as i go <laughs> play the remastered uh, one i mean you know, like kevin in the chat's good you know like the games are really where it's at because not only are you getting the story you are getting you're interactive and interactive is always the best way to be whenever you're a part of this. That's why we love TV and movies. So they should definitely have star Wars should definitely look into like having some type of, you know, maybe Disney plus show with Revan or Plagueis or whomever, because I mean, that would be like a great, like eight episodes because all this happens like 4,000 years prior to what we know. Mm -hmm. So the old Republic, I mean, that would just be wow. Because I mean, it's just the whole, you know, Jedi Sith idea. Then it's just, totally different <laughs> that would just that would be my pitch to disney plus that should be your next story that should be your next series you know what they need to do a hotel room that costs an arm and a leg interactive well you know that they, they think that people have endless money disney does so and i guess some people do yeah to enjoy that stuff so. some of their biggest people you know who does have money they have money they do have money they they were they were wearing the uh the, the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> was it somebody sent that that meme with Mickey Mouse holding the Infinity Gauntlet and everything that Disney owns? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Uh, uh, all right. Well, I'll go. Actually, something. Well, I'm going to kind of roll right into something else. Uh, You're talking about the the boys show. Something we were going to kind of discuss, and it's pretty cool because Star Wars had that. Um. Oh my God! What did we watch on here? With the little shorts, with all the uh... man, I oh. had the name, and I'm blanking like crazy. Yeah, I know anyway, exactly what you're talking about. I called it a passion project. It's <laughs> really cool. Uh, each of them were their own little story, and now I started watching that boy show because you're like, hey, you know, we'll we'll discuss it too. And same thing, like I don't know what they did, but they brought on like the same kind of vibe of having visions. Yeah. <laughs> I kept on wanting to say Force of Destiny. I'm like, not thing. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> no, like that one. Um, but no, like, just to kind of roll into something right else. I mean, the boys diabolical. Have you? How many you watched any of the episodes? I have not yet. No, you didn't watch it. Oh, maybe like halfway through it. Fucking weird. <laughs> Is it like 30 minute episodes? Oh, weird. Oh I'm no, it's shorter than that. Like, really? Okay. Almost exactly like visions. Like, okay. These people get to tell their own stories. They have fantastic names behind uh, the voice actors. Um, I mean, some of the stories are really good. Some of them are like 
what the shit did I just watch? Right. But you got the same thing with visions, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was a cool little thing. I'm going to try to finish it at some point over the course of the next week, but that was pretty good. I don't know what else you guys have been watching this week. I just knew that I was going to make the comparison to vision. So it was definitely like right on par with it. I really haven't been watching a whole lot this week, man. Um, yeah, I did watch the Garden and the Batman, and but uh, other than that, man, it hadn't really been a TV week for me. It's been a fixing a lot of stuff around the house week because it's been nice weather around yeah. that. So and it's getting darker later. So, uh, but yeah, oh, oh well, I did catch up on like three episodes of uh, Next Level Chef, which is an awesome show. I don't know, I like cook, I like cooking shows. I'm gonna say, um, trying to think, yeah, um, I don't know, man. I, I'm gonna watch it. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, in passing, if it didn't have the boys attached to it, it's probably something that I would just never, never give any attention to. Because it does, I'll give it a chance. And, you know, I enjoyed the Visions, the Star Wars thing, so we'll see. I'll try to get it all watched. We'll talk about it next week if we can. Uh, this is dirty and filthy. I okay. mean, fantastic. It is a wonderful adult comedy humor animation. Uh, definitely recommend it. Um just take the bad episodes. I mean, I'm no, I'm not I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to wait for you to find out. Um, <laughs> there's a couple in there that are just really going to surprise you, but a lot of them are right on par with the boys' universe, and I love that. So, uh, I think the only other thing I've really been watching was uh, I watched Vikings Valhalla. I'm like, I think I'm about halfway through that too. Really good. Ashley passed through the day. She almost started watching that. She was like, that looks pretty good. And I was like, oh, yeah. You know, we're also mentioned that. So I'm, I imagine that's going to be in my viewing in, in the near you future. Can jump in it without knowing much. Uh, they mentioned the old characters from the original series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, you, you don't need to know anything. You just need to know that, you know, Vikings love like to get money. So yeah. that's what they're going to do. They're going <laughs> to go in a raid. Yeah. Um, I was interested to find out, though, that the lead character in that show, the lead female, was actually tried to, what she tried out to be Ray for Star Wars, and so that was really cool. Okay. Did not make it. well. So I definitely have to check it out. Just I know Ashley stopped in passing whenever she was going through it. I was like, okay, that'll be something that we end up watching eventually. So. It's it's a real quick. It's a Netflix show. I mean, just. Real quick in and out, you know. Even like I said, you don't have to know anything. Yeah, algorithms—they're telling me to do it too. All sign point to it. <laughs> and um, your speakers—they know we're talking about it. Oh yeah, that's exactly what it is. Start popping up my phone here in just a minute. I'm sure mm-hmm. previews for it. Um, all right. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about, or y'all want to hop into this Batman? Because I've been waiting for days to talk about it, and I've got so many things I want to say. And it's not as fresh for me as it is for y'all, but I'm sure. Once we get, you know, to stir in the pot, it, it'll it'll be fun. Y'all want to get into it? Go ahead, Greg. Let's go. I'm just ready for you to just oh, throw okay. it on out there. <laughs> like I mentioned in the non-spoilers preview, uh, or non-spoilers, a uh, little short one I did. This is not my favorite Batman. But this is a good Batman. This was a good movie. I'm totally down with these characters going forward. Okay. After I get used to these characters and maybe start to get more involved with them into maybe the second or third story, because I know there's going to be three, it very well could be my favorite Batman. Because he did a really good job. But it's one of those things that even my wife, whenever we were in the theaters, about an hour in the movie, leaned over to me and she was like, Pattinson's good. 
but he's no Affleck. And my wife told me that. And I was like, wow, okay, cool. I get that. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, you know, but I, I think he did a really good job and I really enjoyed uh, this movie. I haven't seen any bad, bad comments about it so far. Um, well, I can say that I've seen some pretty dumb comments about it, but uh, I have you now, really? I, I, need to, I need to just choose to, to, to ignore that kind of stuff and, and move on. Um, but yes, I'm ready to talk some spoilers about it. And I have not really gotten any comments from y'all about how you feel about it. I got a pretty good idea just knowing what y'all like. That we're going to have some good uh, comments about it. Yes, we're going to say full spoilers. This, yeah, is, this full is full spoilers. We're going spoilers. On. If you have yeah. not seen it prior to this, go watch it because sure. we are going to talk about everything. Well, get us started. Let's talk about everything. Where you want to start? You want to start characters? You want to start scenes? Or you want to just jump all over the place? I just, I just want to say my, okay, my first impression. The, the first thing that this, my favorite part. This is probably gonna sound like really stupid, but that car. Oh my god! I think that my favorite part of that whole damn movie was that chase. Even though that was what it was in the trailer, it was just the whole. When you first see that car, it was like. Because I mean, I love muscle cars, anyways. So I mean, I, I, I love hearing you know the roar and the burp, the engines and that kind of stuff. But then it's like when you see it and you hear it, and then it popped. I'm thinking, oh god, I hope that thing just not, didn't just cut off. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a character unto itself because that was That's a right. badass car. It got because, its own intro. You're right. Yeah, and you know, and he's he's driving it, and even throughout this chase. You know, I was, I was, obviously I was talking to my husband about this earlier because as soon as I hit the house, you know, came through the front door, we were already talking about it. But um, I was like, the one thing that really stood out for me was like any other Batman, whether it's Affleck, whether it's, um, you know, the Clooney, whether it was Kilmer, whether it was um, Bay or whoever, when they're driving their, their cars, you don't see any emotion on their face. They're like, it is like, pedal down balls to the wall i know what i'm doing this dude pattinson when he sees those trucks start squirrel getting squirrely he's freaking out he's like oh shit i don't know if i can do this or not and the realism of that was just so freaking awesome and the fact that this car went through it and it's just it's just badass as hell i'm just like oh my god this is just freaking awesome and I've, i know you know i've seen a ton of chases you know without with all the other subsequent batmobiles or you know whatever you want to call them but this is the one that really has stuck with me i don't know if it was just the fact of him being you know a batman that's a year two and you know it's just like you, you still haven't quite figured it out yet and it's not really you know you're not quite as jaded yet because this is, in essence, still new to him, too. But just to see his reaction, but then he pulled his shit back together and was still, you know, just as psychological and got in your head as ever. So that that was my, that was my big, like, shit, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that particular scene, I didn't know how I felt about the Batmobile, this version of the Batmobile going into it, but I was going to give it a chance. And that particular scene, like, right, was awesome. And it did make me really, really enjoy this vehicle. Like, it's, it's, it's believable. This is a early Batmobile, but it's a pretty badass vehicle. <laughs> like, it's, I'd drive it. I'd drive that. The only thing that yeah. took me out of, because I love that warm up scene 
but I was also like, well, how did he get it there without like anyone knowing? Uh, the fact that engine was torn apart and this movie takes place over like a period of like six to seven days, like one week. And he built that whole entire thing and they don't have a pit crew. So I was like, hold on a second. I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, all the chains are out, all the pieces are out. And now all of a sudden he's got this bad boy running and not only running, but purring. And I mean, like with two different types of propulsion, I mean, like it's bad ass and I'm, I'm a humongous fan of it. I was just confused. I'm like, why would they show it torn apart and just not like hidden or, or like under a tarp or something like that? And then like, not even take, you know, take the tarp off, just show them all of a sudden coming out and using it. You got a lot of progression with Batman through vehicles in this movie. Like I said, over like a span of one week. Yeah. Well, and you know, this, this movie is strongly based on long Halloween. You could almost say it's a, it's a the redoing or like a kind of a reboot of that story. And it kind of makes me wonder what's going on in the future. If we're just going to get the exact same thing of him kind of narrating each story being a few days or this many months. Cause that's the way the long Halloween is much more time passes though than the days in this movie, but there are actual phrases and, and, you know, frames from the comic in this movie. Uh, so, and they gave me a copy of long Halloween, the first <laughs> book whenever I walked in the theater. So, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see the progression with, with, uh, with Batman throughout these movies. I do want to talk about the one, the, the, the biggest thing that bothered me with this. Cause I know we're going to have a lot of positives. Cause we all are like, the biggest thing that bothered me, you know, I've always been kind of iffy about the suit. And I'm okay with the suit with the way it looks. I'm not okay. I mean, there's a couple things I want to change, but I imagine it's going to develop into a more Batman-type suit as the story progresses. Even if it doesn't, I'm still okay. Um, I just don't like the kind of the power set of the suit because, once again, you know, you saw this in the previews. He's walking down a hall, and you got guys at point-blank range with, you know, just unloading magazines right on him, and, and he's just walking. And then later on in a different scene... Another guy shoots him at point blank range with a shotgun and it blows him 20 feet back. And I'm like, well, what's what's like, how resistant is this bat suit, to be honest with you? Because it doesn't it just in, in different scenes in the movie, it seemed to be more resistant to foes and weapons than it was in others. And I understand maybe fatigue from the the actual Batman because he's been through these fights and he's tired. But that doesn't really explain the difference in what the suit can repel. Did y'all notice that? Did it bother y'all at all? Like, well, that, on the same token, and along the same lines, too, I'm like, this guy, okay, yes, he is wearing a, a cow, a mask that's covering, you know, half of his face. But he gets and the I, shit I beat like out of him, too. Where's the bruises? Okay. I, I actually didn't notice that. Job, you're absolutely He's going right. to hit everywhere else. <laughs> but that's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, it's like he gets the, the shit beat out of him, you know, and I'm like, where are the bruises at? Because it's, mm -hmm. it's not like everything's covered. No. <laughs> The other issue that I would have would be the voice and the voice. Like I'm cool with it for the movie, whatever. He's not really going to do a, have a voice inflection for Batman or sometimes he kind of does. Sometimes he doesn't, but he talks the same way whenever he's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So it's like, well, okay. Character choice. You, I, it, 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 like, voice like is a little gravelly, but he is figuring it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If it truly is your two. And like, if he's, if he's finally coming out to, to understand the, the simple term of, his own behavior, meaning that, you know, he doesn't want to be all about vengeance and be known. And, um, because like everyone only knows him as vengeance and Batman, 
when you try to turn that leaf, you realize all those things. Like I do have to protect the people that I know and blah, 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 so on and so forth. Now you're getting a totally different take on what you have to do as a person or hero. And so that I don't think he's really got to that point yet. What do you do when you have nothing left to lose? Because, you know, he, he still didn't consider Alfred friend family until like, after going through all of that stuff. So even then, like he's got nobody, he felt like Alfred was just an obligation to him. And you know, you raise a really good point there too, Ross, because I guess we are going to see a lot of care. Hopefully we're going to see a lot of character growth or development. And maybe that is something that he decides after a while, he needs to have a, some kind of change in his voice based on what happens at the end of this movie, which by the way, did y'all fall for that? Uh, we'll go ahead and talk about it. The whole uh, identity feel at the end, or did y'all know what was coming? Which do y'all even know what I'm talking about? Okay, so I, like, I kind of because there's the there's the point where he thinks Riddler knows who he is. He knows Bruce Wayne is Batman. Oh, you yeah. can see and it he, on his he face. He almost goes to tell him, which is talking yeah, to confirm you can about see it, it. On his and then face. he yeah he realizes as he's talking to him he doesn't know, uh-huh. and maybe that is one of the things that he's learned in year two that makes him decide he needs to disguise himself a little better. Maybe I could see that. Okay, so we'll see if they they go with that. But did y'all get fooled with that? Because like in the back of my mind, as soon as I thought it, I thought. What if he doesn't know, you know? Oh, I thought the whole scene was exactly what it was supposed to be. I was sitting there and I'm like, they're going to keep him confused because they do that with, with, with Batman, you know, and you can go ahead and read that out. Cause that, I was going to make that same point that Kevin just made, uh, that Robert Pattinson, Robert Patterson's performance out of all the (laughs) Bruce Wayne made me believe this guy is mentally ill would dress like a bat in the fight crime. I thought the same exact thing watching this movie. It was that that moment of trying to understand him. And just like in that scene that you're talking about, you realize that he doesn't have a full grasp on what he's doing just yet. He still has a bunch of holes in his enormous Swiss cheese plan of being Batman. Well, I don't think he really knows who he wants to be, honestly, because he's more focused. Because the whole Bruce Wayne thing, that was what was going to have to sell me on this. Because I mean the Batman, yeah. I mean I was, I was cool with that. But the whole Bruce Wayne aspect of it is because he's this particular Bruce Wayne is not the one that we're, or you know the other films that we're used to. You know it's he's more eccentric. He's more of a recluse. He's not you know the the playboy type one that you know we're kind of because it's it's the ones that we're used to is like the Bruce Wayne. He knows the persona to project in like the, like socially, you know, let, let's be this certain type because there's no way in hell somebody would think I would be the Batman. There's no way this one, he's more obsessed with the Batman persona than it is with the Bruce Wayne persona. Cause he's willing to just throw it all away. You know, it's the fact that Alfred's like, you know, you do need to at some point be Bruce Wayne, you know, because of your family's legacy. You know, you do have all this, this other responsibility. And then he was just like, just kind of gave the idea, like, I don't really care. That's really not important to me right now. I don't care. Yeah. So, I mean, that was really interesting to see that difference. So, I mean, it's, he still doesn't really know who he wants to be, you know, and you're kind of seeing that, you know, that kind of internal fight within himself. I mean, it's, you know, it's like, what do you really want? Because, I've made a point of, of a lot of 
things that we watched where you have like the whiny kids with the whole woe is me life isn't fair oh my gosh you lied to me i can't get over it you know that kind of shit and, I'm like, yep, and so i'm stuff. seeing this i'm like <laughs> really are we gonna rehash this because i can't i can't i'm like dude build a bridge but you know i mean that's just a part of you know the trauma that he went through right. you know it's just like the whole you know the whole orphan speech Yes, there's different degrees of orphans. Just because you're a rich one versus a poor one doesn't mean you're any less of the other. Hmm. Yeah, they've they've done a good job of this one of giving you the origin story of the background of Batman without rehashing the same story mm -hmm. and making, I guess, making it more interesting about his background with his parents, which, you know, I appreciate that. I thought it was good. Like I said, the story's uh, really well done and mm -hmm. uh, hasn't taken over the number one spot for me yet, but there's a good chance that after, you know, three movies, if they keep doing this really well, that they could, so... I just want to see some progression with the character, which it's cool that we're starting out where we at because I'm sure that we're going to. Um, and while we're talking about characters, let's talk about Catwoman. Let's talk about Zoe Kravitz. Did it work for y'all? No, you're shaking your head now. Don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy the character. I think she was great, but she didn't blow me away. Okay. I didn't see it as an integral part of this whole story. I saw it for the for the Falcon aspect of it, mm -hmm. but I'm like, and maybe that's a character that they'll have. You know, they need to have more, you know, development on because I thought it was an issue. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm I'm just saying. I mean, it's I don't know. It just didn't. It just didn't seem. She didn't just seem like Catwoman to me. I know there's a lot of the aspects and that kind of thing, but it just. It's going to take a little bit more for me to kind of, for it to. What can you do when you have, uh, I just don't want to say so many, but I mean, I did feel like there were so many other villains in this show or movie. Yeah. You know, you, you had all these different angles. And so do you have Catwoman be a part of that? Or are you going to just really keep her as a, I mean, she's essentially a tool in this and Batman uses her. And he's also using her as an emotional tie and then realizing that, you know, he has to let that go, even though he has feelings for her, which, you know, was, it was very, very Batman. Like it was a real quick, like <laughs> eyes want to cry, but they won't allow water drop to fall. Right. I so I felt she was more Selena Kyle than Catwoman. Let's put it that okay. way. I think that's how I would describe it. She's more Selena than Catwoman. Okay. Uh, I loved this, her as the character. This is one of my favorite characters in the movie because for me going in, I needed a good Catwoman after having what we've had since Michelle Pfeiffer. And Michelle Pfeiffer was a great Catwoman, but, uh, you know, th that was just for that time, that movie, you know, was a great Catwoman, but it's not like the Catwoman. I want, I love Catwoman. It's, I read a solo Catwoman's, you know, the Catwoman storyline. I love the Batman and Catwoman romantic, uh, you know, story. Like it, it's just great. And, they they nailed the dynamic between these two in in long halloween in that story and for me this is exactly what catwoman is and the biggest i didn't have a think i was gonna have a problem with the way she portrayed the character as far as acting goes i was worried about how the look was gonna go because i'm very particular about the suits that i like with catwoman um with the exception of the little mask that she wore they nailed it i loved it absolutely loved it and I'm, i imagine that as batman progresses as will catwoman you know, because it seems like they're both, you know, just getting into this kind of game. Um, I, like I said, I loved this. I thought it was great. Um, but I can understand 
where you're coming from. Just for me, just being a huge Catwoman fan, this was perfect for me, and I'm totally down with her moving forward. And I thought her and Pattinson had a good chemistry together. You know, it, mm -hmm. they, they, them standing to get next to each other, Batman and Catwoman, looked good. So I was, I was down for it. I did like the fact that she, with her nails, because she did, it's like if you looked at it, they looked real organic. I will give her that. <laughs> I didn't realize how big of a trend that was right now. I guess I'm just that far out of the loop, but like so many people have nails like that. And then hers, uh, when I was looking at them, I'm like, how do you do anything with those? Yeah. Just well, it seems like I remember reading somewhere that the whole the reason they were chose the, chosen to go that route because it looks more, you know, it wasn't like a color. It wasn't that it was just like a just a, an opaque, just a but it they look like claws. I mean, if you really looked at because I caught that in the trailer, and I'm like, okay, well, I, I see this. I just want to see how what else would kind of, you know, mold into that Catwoman. But like I said, it's just it's gonna take a little, just gonna take just a little bit more for me to be like. 100% sold on the Catwoman persona. Yeah, I hear you. And, and Ross, as far as that goes, uh, you don't know how you, you can operate with that. I agree with you, but uh, there's a lot of things that women can do that I have no idea how that I, I could do. I can't. I couldn't walk in heels. There's absolutely no way I could walk in heels. Hair? Please. Get out of here. No way I could take your hair. Makeup? No. Come on. Seriously. So I totally believe that a woman could do that, but no, there's no way I could do it. I mean, I can practice. I'm sure I could, but... I, I caught at the very end whenever she like had her motorcycle gloves on, like you know they were all like cut off at the fingertips, so she could like slide her hands into them. Like, I mean, at least the details are well played, but still, like I just like how how do you burglarize something with nails like that? Uh, Kevin says to me, this movie is not a character piece type of movie, almost like Star Wars, where you're just putting the movie and you should know these people. Mm -hmm. Uh, is he, uh, Kevin, is that what you're saying? Is that, that's how you felt? Like that's how they were, they were trying to praise you should know these people. Cause I felt like it was a decent introduction to, to a lot of the characters. Um, I, even if I would assume about them. the direction he's going with that is like, you weren't meant to like severely focus on anyone. Right. Okay. The story, okay. the story is definitely the story of the Riddler doing all of his evil deeds. Not, not like a focus on any of the characters. We're not building anything super severe here. So, well, you know, just rolling through characters. Let's talk about the Riddler. Let's talk about Dano. What'd y'all think about this one? I mean, for me, some of the scenes were a little bit over the top, but you're you're trying to portray kind of a psychopath at this point, so I can understand, you know, the, the choice there. A lot less screen time than I thought he was going to get uh, until, like, the yeah. second part of the third act, I guess I'll say. Like, he's got a lot of screen time. So it's, it's almost like they completed two totally separate stories of one kind of going on in the background. Of this whole thing. He, he was very he's very weird. Um I felt like it's like a de evolution of the character because when you first see him, it seems like he has everything together. You know, it's like it's, it's like a clear cut path, it's you know, very precise, this, that, and other by the time you actually hear him speak, you're like, This dude is all over the place. Lost that, that's what you need to do for Batman villains, though. I mean, mm -hmm. like if if you want to make it believable that he truly has like a rose gallery that keeps coming back, you need to understand what these people are doing. And if this was his first attempt as a villain to get mm -hmm. out there, and I mean, let's face it, Homeboy Wreck Shop. I was not <laughs> imagining that he was going to come in and blow up and get like a massive. His plan was awesome. Yeah, it took me. It took me. I looked at my watch one time in this movie 
and I was sitting there to a certain point to where I'm like, what's going to happen next? And then like, once he was caught, I was like, what are they going to do to kind of top it? And then it was straight, you know, him performing like a terrorist act. And the way that he did it, I didn't find it truly believable, but I was more taken aback by the fact that they were ballsy enough to make Riddler do something so big. Mm-hmm. And that was what really stuck stuck with me mentally. Here's the only thing about, about because you just mentioned, I, I get your point on the Riddler, but about that plan at the end, the Riddler's plan. What, like, are there dams all around the island? Like, is it the island underwater? Like, what can you blow on the side of an island that will make the whole island flood? Yeah, dude, it's like New Orleans. Levy, boom. Yeah, apparently okay. Gotham was like, it like sits on, what do you have, like Gotham Harbor right there. So yeah. they have all these like seawalls. And the people so, are stupid because they go down into the building. I know, right? Down into it. I'm like, what are you? You're in a bowl. What are you thinking? One of the first things I say when I came out of this movie is like, hey, I want to give you a life lesson right here, right now. <laughs> if you are ever in a flooding situation, you do what Obi-Wan does and you get to the end of the fucking high ground. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> Thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I guess that answers that. I, I, for me, I guess I just didn't see that, and I was like, "Well, okay, flood in the city," but it just seemed weird. But I guess it is possible. You're right. So. I guess they just want to wash everything clean because you know it's such a. But the way they the, but let's talk about Gotham for a second. Let's do it. It's like the way they like portrayed Gotham. I mean, it was like that was an awful city. <laughs> it was just awful. It was just like. You know, you had the little drop head, you know, had the drop heads everywhere, which I mean, you know, it's like they show the crime. Yeah. Oh, shit. They showed the crime. I mean, they showed like the, you know, the the politicians going, you know, being bought and all this kind of, I mean, they just really, I mean, that's kind of like the Gotham that you really think about. I mean, this, you know, it's, it's never pretty and pristine, never, you know, like America's heartland or nothing like that, but. I mean, the way they portrayed the city as a character into itself was like really, really gritty. Yeah. Well, I thought this was a good combination, to be honest with you, of Batfleck and, and um, Bale's Batman, as far as, you know, real world and gritty. This is definitely the darkest of all the Batmans, the more gritty of all the Batmans. Ross, how did you describe it earlier in, in the group chat? Um, I said that if um, Bale and Nolan's Batman was tactical, this one was practical. There you go. And, and, as- and I agree. And I agree. It's funny you should say that too, because as I was watching this, one of the things I said to Brian when I got home, I'm like, is this kind of sort of what that because to me it's it was very reminiscent. It was just like, but but it, they were still You you froze when you were saying that. Is this sort of froze like yeah. it was like it was like very reminiscent. Of of what you froze when you were telling those random stuff. Stupid internet. Um, it was very reminiscent of to me Batman Begins because it was almost like it was a very similar story. It just had different. It was a different story, but yet to me it had like this this underlying kind of the same similarities. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it was just me. It's just like I could probably pick you know certain things and like this seems the same. This kind of seems the same. But I don't know. I it was, it was just... That I believe it was from the writer 
and they basically said that this was kind of like a hold my beer moment to Nolan. Like we see what you did and you got a lot of hype for it and people really enjoyed your dark Knight trilogy, but hold my beer. I'm going to do something else. And that's pretty much like what, what this whole thing. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's like, there, there's like glimpses. It's almost like, like little glimpses of deja vu. It's like that you makes left the comic sense. part out of, the, of your movie. The Dark Knight was a good trilogy, but you left the comic book part out. Right. And they kind of came back with that. So, uh, Kevin, I swear, man, you're like right. You're just one step ahead of me because this is going to be the next point that I brought up was that he, he's talking about Tim Drake theory. I haven't read anything about a Tim Drake theory, but I did notice the character at the beginning of the movie that played Tim Drake in, in Titans. Titans. And for me, this this mood is the is the most titans like like that's the, the dc property that that most feels like they would fit in this universe you know so when i saw that of course my mind starts running like oh connection and i was like no it can't be connection there's already a batman in that universe that's old and blah blah, blah. so but do you think that there that character could come back and i guess in this point he would probably come back as a dick grayson but you wouldn't have to you could do it any way you want to shoot Zack snyder you know killed off uh it wasn't dick grayson it was uh or no it was dick grayson that he killed off which is not the way because i mean you can do whatever you wanted to do but do you think that character is going to come back as robin possibly in the future based on the way they kind of set it up here in the beginning the first movie well i definitely think what they're doing is they're taking notes from all of the other people that are making money in hollywood right now and they're saying hey you know what we can do is just sprinkle the field with seeds and then come back and play with them once they start growing and we're happy with it why not? Um, because you know what you don't have to do is anything with that. Right. You can bring it in and have it as a possibility, but choose to do with it what you want to. And if they choose to come back and actually have that character prosper into something else, they can be like, see what we did. And so who knows? I feel like that's kind of the way Marvel does a lot of things, to be honest with you. I was going to say it without using the word. No, I mean, <laughs> you can say it, it's fine. I, I feel like that's what they do. They kind of uh, they kind of lay seeds out, and you can just, based on those seeds and the reaction to fans and people like us of what they want, it's like, okay, this is going to work. And then they roll with it. So I like that. I don't see this movie being connected with the DCEU. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, okay. What Speak my, on it. What my my only mentality of the DCEU while watching this movie was they're puzzle pieces that don't fit together because as much as I love all the cast work that they've done for the DCEU and hate the fact that it hasn't gone anywhere. I don't think that bringing this Batman into that story works for me. Right. I fear that I, 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 I think this bat, I really enjoyed this movie. And because I had really low expectations going into it, I didn't know what I was going to get. And all the little things that I got were were good for me. And I, it was up my alley. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like they can turn what they've created in the Snyderverse to bring this Batman into it just feels like it would be a complete shoehorn. And I don't right. like that feeling. So I'm totally on board for a whole nother Batman story. Right, give me an elsewhere. And the thing is, too, especially with the, we don't know what's going to happen with this whole Flash movie and the Flashpoint and and different universes and what's going to happen as far as traveling. You could still tie this in that way if you wanted. If you absolutely had to make it be like, oh, this is all connected. Uh, this is an Elseworld story in a different universe. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. it's a different Batman. So I'm, I'm cool with that. It, it's almost like the Joker movie. Love the Joker movie. Don't want to see that Joker in a, in the justice in in the DCEU continuity. Like of, of you know, just don't think it, it doesn't fit. Like that Joker and this Batman. What makes them so good is how different they are, for me at least. So, talking about things, go ahead and talk about that one. That which the Joker. Oh. Mm. Ah, be going. I well, I thought that I was reading the only one in the room that was reading it wrong because everyone was like, "Oh, it's Two Face." I'm like, "That's not Two Face, dude." Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's getting or how anyone else is getting that. There's not that many people in the theater, which you know good on us but at the same time i felt like the person in the room like why am i wrong is, is that not the joker? Right. i right. i mean yeah his face is all screwed up but now i'm kind of ticked because i'm like i didn't get the story of how he got there yeah which is Wait. okay but i want them to tell one of the things i really hate about comic books is that they get out of arkham very easy and then you got to figure out like why, how, and blah, 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 blah. And then they're going to put them right back in the same dang place. <laughs> I'm cool with them telling a whole nother story, but I mean, like I need something better than Arkham. I mean, like you're going to have to figure out plan B, C or D with the Joker and be like, if this fool's already messing up, then what are we going to do? Right. Well, there was, uh, from what I've heard, a cut scene where, where mm-hmm. Batman actually talks to Joker there so that that was cut out of the movie for time um i don't know i mean i i don't know what that scene was like i, I would yes i would have liked to have seen that yes i would have waited the extra maybe two or three minutes that it probably would have been for the movie to make it work and there are plenty of other two or three minutes or you know little snippets here or there that i could have cut out to fit that scene in the um, other cut was like 20 or 30 minutes longer was well, yeah yeah so and and i would have watched a, a movie that long i said if it's a good movie that long uh, you know, I, I don't mind watching because i'll, I'll binge should be a show should be a show should be a keep show. coming come on <laughs> the, the pacing of this movie though i will say there were a few times where i was like wow this is you know like this is long like it feels like wow, this has still got more going on like i felt or i felt like the story was already over and then it started up a whole nother part of it and i was like wow, okay I, honestly a little bit like um um dark knight rises kind of was where it feels like kind of two movies you know mm-hmm. put together as one and i'm okay with that it just the pacing was a little off for me in this one but once again still like the movie um, if this thing was a show they could have done it so fantastic i mean like the whole first half of this movie could have been 10 episodes and they could have done so much more i i, I know that i'm gonna say it every single week but I mean, this is a perfect candidate. I was thinking of watching this show. I'm like, perfect candidate to be the Batman show on television. Yeah, I'd watch it. They just don't want to put the Batman on the small screen, man. I, I don't know why. Every other character, it's okay. They just don't want to put him on the small screen. I guess the same way with Spider-Man, too. The two, the two big juggernauts, man. They just don't put him on the small screen. Mm-hmm. So We can do it, but it has to be animated. Right. <laughs> uh, what do y'all think about Colin Farrell's Penguin? I liked it. I liked it. It was, it was, I see potential. Let's put it that way. I see a big potential for it to kind of, I mean, it was almost like he was coming. <laughs> Always at the perfect like the time. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I'm like really hating the internet in my house because everybody <laughs> and their brother's pulling off of it right now. So <laughs> it's everybody in my house has got, got something like, 
pulling off of it right now. Start beating on the ceiling with broom. Oh, yeah. God, it's crazy. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought he did a good job too. My wife didn't particularly like the character that much, didn't realize who it was. And then when, he, we, when I said Colin Farrell, she kind of blanked on who he was. And I showed her the picture and she was like, oh, wow. Okay, well. <laughs> That's a little bit different than if you're going to go through that for that. And and once again, I think that he's trying to put out there for best D, for best DC villain, trying to be better than um, Heath Ledger, which is great. I want I want actors to try to do that to to top that bar. I hadn't done it yet, but he did a really good job. I liked it. It's still hard to look at it and think of it being Colin Farrell. I I, I swear I ever since I've seen like the early on photos, I have thought that it's Christopher Maloney from Law and Order SVU. Like mm. he's, he also did that sci-fi show, but I yeah. thought it was him. Like it, the pictures look like him. Like I could see him with the makeup on, but man, when you, when I look at the two pictures of like Colin Farrell next I to the eyes are still the same, though. the yeah. eyes are still the same. Yeah. And he has, I don't know. Maybe that's why I think that maybe they all have similar, but still, I think that the role itself, you know, his little penguin walk that he had, I mean, his size, <laughs> Um, I would like to see a little bit more, which yes, he is getting his own show. As Kevin said, uh, we've talked about it and I think that if they're going to give him a show, I want to see more why they call him the penguin and not just the walk. You know, I like, I, I don't want Danny DeVito, but I want like, I don't need sixties and fifties, you know, Batman penguin. I just want to see something like a little bit more. Oh, you don't want the um, umbrella? <laughs> I want an umbrella. I just don't want to see a badass umbrella. Well, did, question, did they ever actually refer to him as Penguin in this movie? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. They did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah, I think yeah, that may be right where the cops were talking to Batman. So. Well, actually, when Batman came to the actual club, he actually asked for the Penguin. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay. Okay. But just uh, so him coming to that door so many different ways. Yeah. <laughs> the twins. Uh, Let's keep, yeah, <laughs> beating that ass. Let's keep rolling with characters. Uh, what'd y'all think about uh, Jeffrey Wright as Gordon? He had me. He had mm-hmm. me. Uh, it was believable. I liked how he stood up to Batman, but yet still helping him. Mm-hmm. That scene when they were in the precinct, um, it was very impactful because you saw, once again, the two sides of Batman in the eyes of the, the law. And they were already out for blood. And yet, for some reason, the, I guess, acting commissioner was like, you got two minutes. I'm like, of course you got two minutes. It's only going to take you 90 seconds to get out of here. <laughs> um, it, was a believable, that, it was a believable partnership. Because yeah. he really sold, the, you know, like you said, he really sold the, you know, like having the signal and, you know, that kind of, you know, it was it was just a believable partnership. It wasn't, you didn't feel like one was... You, you really felt like there was trust there. Right. So that's, that was really cool. He's yeah, their relationship. Detective, though. Huh? He's a very mediocre detective. Who's I mean, he could have been good Gordon? for Gotham, but I thought that he could have been a much better detective. But I guess in order to make Batman seem like he's at a much higher level, you can't make everyone else up True. there with him. And, and I want to see him grow as well because he's not commissioner right now. So, you know, you want to see him grow as well. Um, the, the dynamic between him and, and Batman was great. I did like the the one cop, too, who when Batman's coming on, he's like kind of 
buffing up to him and acting big, all big and bad. And then when he sees him as Bruce Wayne, he's like, oh, hey, Mr. Wayne. No, no. <laughs> I was like, that's cool. Like, I, I, I like that. Even though, you know, if you're that close to him, I feel like with no voice inflection, there would be some difference. But once I want to make another point with that since we're talking about, you know, with the, with the cops and everything. How weird was it just to see he Batman just he just he's like just walking around just walking around the crime scene he's just like walking around with everybody like they're like dude there's this guy in this bat suit and he's just like walking around like he's any of the other detectives I was like that was just weird to me it was almost like a throwback to like the um Batman 65 I mean it was just like it was just kind of weird yeah <laughs> but even though like he's slowly walking through all the scenes you know it, he it, that's that action does a good job portraying that like he doesn't feel completely comfortable being there with all of them he would be fine doing it by himself right but like with all the cops if this is year two he is not comfortable with any of them yet but that's also like you know being batman is a detective also mm-hmm. so you know what we're used to you know he's always coming out of the shadows he's always you know like just fine you know it's like he's always you know like the tip, like the vigilante on his own, you know, that kind of thing. So it, even though as odd as it looked, <laughs> you know, it's just, just walking around. But yet you you got the detective side of Batman. Right. And you got the the, the, yes. the eye contact thing, which yes. was, that was a real cool, was cool twist. Awesome. Um, but for him to be slow rolling through the crime scene, looking at everything, I mean, he's essentially just taking pictures just like everyone else is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a, uh, that was a real interesting, real interesting bit of technology that they didn't go overboard with. Because yeah, I right. could have gone wrong real fast. Mm-hmm. So I was really But it's happy. so Batman. Like, it is so yeah. Batman. I was like, oh, that is awesome. Like, of course, <laughs> I love this, that he's going back and re-watching what he did that night from his point of view to see what to see what he can do better, what he missed. I'm like, oh, it's so Batman. Really, really cool. Um... Something. Have we talked about all the characters? What character haven't we discussed? Uh, Alfred. Alfred. Mm-hmm. Didn't get enough Alfred in this, to be honest with you. I thought what I saw from uh, Andy Serkis was great, but we just didn't get very much of it. You know? There's one scene, like uh, when he woke up from in the hospital bed, they're having that conversation. I thought that Andy Serkis did a really good job acting for that little bit, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell you right now, it the moment that I saw him extend his hand out, Pattinson take his hand. His hand did not look like a Batman hand. It looked <laughs> soft and moisturized, and not like it had been covered up in like tape and everything else. And like you know, Bruce Wayne hand. Hand. Had a Bruce Wayne hand. This <laughs> <laughs> stronger. Well, and then <laughs> the other scene me. prior to that scene was like one of the scenes where I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, no, they can't do that. Oh, that was one of those scenes that, yeah, it was like, oh, no, <laughs> it was, was kind of like the same, not to jump genres or whatnot, but it was like, in um, with Rise of Skywalker, when you saw the ship blow up and you're like, <gasps> oh, Chewie, right. <laughs> you know, it's like I had that same reaction, like, oh, shit. So, yeah. What'd y'all think of his Bane juice? Now I, I oh, find this a little weird. Yeah, the little, little yeah. juice he puts that because, like, okay, so, so he's been taking gunshots the whole 
whole movie. Yeah. Everywhere to the chest to you know to the shoulder everything walking around not not being affected. He gets blown away by a shotgun, uh, point blank range at the same same distance as everybody else has been shooting him, and this <laughs> almost kills him. And he shoots some bane juice or whatever this green venom. stuff is in his leg, venom, yeah. And he goes into his rage, and he, he, after that is healed. So I'm wondering if they're going to go into that and explain that a little more in the future, maybe. Um, once again, that's that's my biggest issue with this is the like I said, the power set of the suits or his suit. So I just I, didn't I, understand the green juice thing. It seemed a little I, contrived. I, I I took it as like you know some form of like adrenaline. But then it's like within discussion, I was like, oh, since it was green, I was like, why did it have to be green? So that's when I started thinking, you know, it's like, you know, the venom thing and all that kind of. But um, yeah, that was that was that was kind of crazy. But then again, some aspects of this movie, too, I felt like it was a video game. I mean, I know that sounds kind of stupid. <laughs> but it's just like you start off with like this first person, you know, you're going through in the, in kind of the way that you come through. So when I saw that, I was like, Oh shit, there's this power up. Well, I thought it was just green for movie effect. Yeah. Likely it was just that we'd see, you see him injecting <laughs> something into himself. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, no, it, I mean, it was like a power up and I'm mean, at first, you know, I was thinking, you know, some sort of like adrenaline type, you know, deal to kind of, yeah, well, well, the, it's funny you say that the the viewpoint of this movie is from almost like a first person because that that's the way the book is, the Long Halloween, and like him narrating uh, in in the background at the beginning of the movie and through different chapters is, is part from part of the book. There's, it's a, uh, it's it's an interesting way to see things, you know. And then once again, the the contact thing, you get to see a lot of things from Batman's point of view, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Um. I'm trying to think, what about some scenes that stuck out in y'all's heads? Something you got to talk about. Um, we we saw the one for me at least. We saw the fight, the I'm vengeance, you know, mm -hmm. scene in the uh, trailer, but we didn't see the whole thing. What do y'all think about just the fighting overall? Like, believable? Look good? Yeah, I would definitely say that each of the scenes. I mean, like. I would argue that your point on the suits, but I think that like the actual overall fighting is really well done. Uh, you get the idea that it's not that no one's a match for him and it's not that he's super powerful or like, uh, you know, so far above everyone else because once again, he's in the beginning of being Batman. Each of his run-ins are just street fights. Mm -hmm. None of them are super like boss fights, you know, I mean, like he doesn't fight anyone that would essentially have training or anything else or know him or know how he fights. Yeah. I mean, the big bad at the end is a group of civilians with guns. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kevin brings up a point in here, the Sherlock Holmes types feel. Um, yeah, very, very much so that noir type thing. And that's what they told us going in. That it was going to be like, that mm -hmm. is the most detective Batman we've seen. Um, he said, I think it's why the character, this is not a character suit, mainly focuses on the Riddler and how do we find him. Yeah, very, very good point. Um, what else did he say? He says, I hope the next one we see a young Bruce Wayne in Arkham after the death of his parents. I thought that they, the way that they background his parents was really well mm -hmm. done. I was really, I mean, you can only tell us the same story so many times. And in order to tell it for your own universe, you know, if it's part of whatever gigantic story you want to tell 
this was really good to put everything as a politically motivated issue. The Sarah, you're bringing up earlier, and I skipped right over it, forgot to bring it back up. The whole renewal thing, the, the big idea that, that Gotham is a power vacuum mm-hmm. that one person's been holding on to and it's been a fight for is really good. And even that his parents were involved. The fact that his mom was totally on her own level with her craziness was interesting because it's almost like they were it's almost like they took like everyone doesn't want to hear Martha anymore. I'm like, wait a second, but what if we I can one up you? <laughs> and so I thought that everything surrounding the parents, everything surrounding the renewal, uh, the fact that his dad was running for mayor, needed all that stuff. The fact that Falcone twisted it around in his brain, um, that Alfred helped to set him straight and, you know, that helped to bring them together even more. I thought all of it was really well written and I didn't find any major flaws in it that would be like, nope, not true. Couldn't happen. Not never, not gonna happen. You know, that was the character we actually didn't discuss was Falcone. Like, um, what y'all, I, I can never pronounce this guy's name. It's, it starts with a T. Like, there yep. you go. You got it. That's, I, actually, that's not that hard to do. I should probably, do, now you said it, I could probably remember it. Um, <laughs> I love this guy, man. Everything I see him in, he does a great job. And I was wondering how his role was going to be in this. And I think he nailed it, man. I, I, I believed it. I, I like the way he portrayed the character. Um, it worked for me. Yeah, I'm he, glad had that, killed him. he had that arrogance. I like that arrogance he had. <laughs> I don't want to see his character progress for too long. I think that if he's the head, I don't want to see him potentially come back to be the head of Gotham or crime family, blah, blah, blah. I think that having him in this movie and then popping him off was really good. He's always like permanently concrete in my brain as. Yeah. yeah nobody. <laughs> exactly. That's who. right. <laughs> yeah. And then right behind uh, him playing Jesus. It's, uh, the wonderful Michael Bay Transformer movies. Yeah, he, he had some good comedy relief in this one too. And oh yeah, that's another point I want to bring up about um, comedy in this movie. There was I can only think of one kind of comical moment, and it was very well placed. And it was after uh, Batman hits, knocks out or punches uh, Alfred, not Alfred, Gordon in the in the precinct to get out. And he goes to the top and he goes, you could have at least pulled the punch. And he's like, yeah, I did. That, that, that was the one. And that was it. And they didn't go on about anything. Oh, you didn't like the thumb drive? Place. The thumb. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was happening. I was like, this is how it's going to happen. And then it happened. I'm like, yeah, thumb drive. Yeah. As soon as they said we cut his thumb off and then the word drive popped up, I was like, oh, I already know what it is. Uh, I'm trying to think. What about any other scenes in this one that stood out for you? We talked about fight scenes. Um, story's going pretty well. I just Characters. like the entrances he had. This Batman has a different type of entrance because it's like in the very beginning, because a lot of the Batman, Batman, the Batmans that we're used to, they just come flying out. They come down, out. It's always like straight in your face. This dude, they he had everybody looking in the damn shadows. It's like, is he there? He needs spurs. He could come out like the Mandalorian or Boba Fett. (laughs) If he was wearing spurs, it's... But you have to admit, I feel like his entrances were a hell of a lot more... I mean, it's 
This this movie was psychological, and that's what I liked about it. That's what I really liked about it. It wasn't like thrown in your face. It was not. You actually you were like a baddie in Gotham. It's like if you did see that bicycle, you knew you had you fucked up. I mean, that's all there is to it because you know you're looking around the corner like, oh shit, is he there? You know that kind of thing. So I mean, the psychological aspect of this, I loved it. Yeah, I like how they brought that up at the beginning of the movie too. When he's talking about in his little narration, he's talking about the bat signal. He's like, I can't be everywhere at once, but when people see this, they know that I'm somewhere. They don't know where I am. So that that's pretty cool because that's like I don't want you to be afraid. Out. I just want you to be aware. I will say with the intros with this, I wanted to talk about the music. Ross, I know you're a big music guy. Did anybody else feel like they were listening to the Imperial March? Every time you heard Batman's theme, did it sound like Darth Vader was going to come around the corner as soon as it had the dark, gloomy, dark gloominess to it? But it was like the bum, 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 bum. I was like, this is Darth Vader. I was like, what the hell? I mean, it wasn't wasn't exactly like that. But no, you're right. The the fact that it was a Nirvana song was, uh, I mean, perfect. I mean, if Batman needed flannel, this was the time where he needed it. I was going to say the cold open to this with, um, I can never remember the name of that song. The opening music to this did not feel like it was going to be the type of movie that it ended up being because it was very, um, I don't know. It wasn't cheerful. It was just, it was just music. Melancholy, upbeat. Yeah. Yeah. And then all that stuff happens. And then when he comes out, you know, like we've heard the song and all the trailers and it was just enough to be, uh, I don't it was very dark, but I thought they were going to give him more of a theme and he didn't have a theme per se. It was the same song and it was, here's the deal. It was the same song for him. It was the same song for Riddler. And each time they brought him up, they played the song every single time. I picked up on it and I'm like, you know what's going to happen because the music plays, then the music yeah. plays, and then the music plays. I think my problem is I'm spoiled with sounds. Like, if, if I honestly think you could take the Mando's theme <laughs> or you could take, or you could take, um, oh gosh, I just had this in my head, um, a Wonder Woman's theme and play it for anybody during any badass fight scene. And I'd be like, yes, give it to me. So just give me an you know, with that, of those two. With that thing. bass cello and Wonder Woman, I, that's permanently concrete in my brain. Yeah, that's my, that's my ringtone. Yeah, it was yeah. my ringtone for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you know. uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. And like you said, I've, I've, heard, I've heard that in the, in the trailers as well. It just felt like whenever I was in the theater, I was like, this sounds really close to Darth Vader's theme. The or not, I guess the Imperial March is not Darth Vader's theme, but yeah, it sounds really close. I was like, but it's still awesome. It fit well, so it's a badass sound to have. So, uh, what else? Any other scenes? Anything else that stuck out to y'all you want to point out? Because I, I was actually in the theaters taking notes as I was in the theaters. So I want to go see it again where I'm not pulling myself away for just a fraction of a second. You can actually look at my handwriting. You can tell there's scenes where I'm writing but not looking away. <laughs> like my writing's all up and off into a corner. So I'm sure the guy beside me saw me write down a couple times. Like, what the hell is this guy doing? Uh, I tried to uh, I try to remember as much as possible, but it was already escaping me the moment like I was walking out. I was talking to one of the movie theater guys, and he's like, "You know, you don't have to stay for the ending." I'm like, "Oh no, I'm 
I'm trying to leave. Like I know that there's like nothing at the end. Like there I was. knew that before I walked in here. <laughs> I mean, there is, but it's not anything. <laughs> right. And so everybody laugh. I Fine. mean, you have this movie does so much in seven days and in three hours. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I want it as a show. Yeah. <laughs> it sets up a universe very well. Like I said, I, I, I'm totally down with all these characters moving forward in a trilogy and this being a Batman story that I get on the big screen. You're right. It would be better as a show, but I think just about everything you see on the big screen would be better as a show. The story of how like the Riddler just takes it all is, is really, <laughs> it's just really well done. I mean, the fact that he is like living across the street from this club and seeing all this stuff happen is perfect. Like it's, it's, he's already mentally screwed up from his upbringing and childhood. Mm-hmm. He is now holding on to the fact that the, the city that helped to screw him up is so crappy. And now he's seen all of this corruption happen right in front of him. What do you do with that? Like, this is what he did with it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that he took so many steps to, just oust all the stuff you know i thought there was going to be a whole lot more than 500 followers of his whenever they had raided his place it seemed like he would have had so many more people following him considering all of the people that were there for the funeral everyone's already got signs made i mean god this movie is so indicative of like the current state of like what this country could fall down to mm-hmm. Well, it's bothers them because we don't have a Batman, but at the same time. Oh, we have a Batman. Oh. <laughs> Boy, we have a Batman. Just when you need anybody. Got that S on your chest. Are you bulletproof? <laughs> but uh, no, you're, you're actually right, though. That For me, that kind of makes more sense uh, with there only being 500 followers and like all this stuff because that's the way it is in the real world. There's a lot of people who are a lot of talk and a lot of follow, but they wouldn't actually do anything when it comes down to it. So, you know, it. it it's a little more realistic for me. Um, I'm trying to think. Okay, so we have, I'm trying to think of more stuff in the movie, but we've covered a lot of different points. Kevin in the chat asked if we have predictions for the second movie. I don't off the top of my head because I kind of want to go into this next movie like I did with this one, knowing kind of as little as possible. I knew this was going to be darker. It was going to be long Halloween, very noir. I knew some points from what I saw in the trailers, but I didn't, I was still surprised. I feel like the majority of what you saw in the trailers was in the first 45 minutes of the movie, 30, mm-hmm. 45 minutes of the movie, you know, and didn't really give anything away. Cause there was a lot of stuff in the trailers that was kind of, you know, a red herring or th- through me that I thought was going to be a different scene that worked out. So I don't have any predictions for the second movie. Um, I trust Matt Reeves based on what I've seen here, based on the, the planet of the apes trilogy. And I'm, I'm just excited to see what happens. Do y'all have any thoughts about what the second movie could be about? I think if they don't go ahead and break Joker out and turn that into a story, if you get too many people in Gotham and only choose to break one or two out, you're going to have a real, I don't want to say you're going to have a tough time telling that story. It'll get convoluted real easily. Yeah. So if you're going to do it, you might as well just go ahead and do it. Rip the bandaid off if they're going to. I am interested because as much as this one was the dark noir style, you see the growth in Batman. You see the 
I guess you don't really see any growth in Bruce Wayne, but they're one and the same. So you, you would undoubtedly get it. I find it a very, a very positive path that he could take before he gets knocked down again to be like a true dark, dark night. There could be some, like a good buildup before like Joker does this kind of the same thing that he did in dark Knight, And it's just like, screw you come and save all these people that are going to die anyway. Good luck, Batsy. Mm-hmm. So, well, do you think that, do you think that this Batman is ever going to have like an epiphany? Like, is he always going to be this dark Batman or is he ever going to have like this moment where he's Batman prime and he, he's, you know, a little more footloose and fancy free. I, guess oh, you say. I, I thought watching this movie, all the other Batmans, especially since we talked about it last week, kind of came into play. You see how like Val Kilmer went through that, like stupid mental, like him not being able to get that vision out of his head. But he was also older, and he thought that he probably transcended that time in his life. Even uh, this Batman said it in the movie. He was like, you know, I never thought that I would feel fear like that again. And I think he just keeps blocking it out until the next time that he feels it. So all those other Batmans, no matter how corny they were, they all had a part to play in my own headcanon about what like the, the lifespan of Bruce Wayne and Batman could be. I like your head cannon. Works for me. <laughs> Sarah, you got any thoughts for the second movie coming out? Um, I I don't know if I'd necessarily want to see a Joker. I'd like to see some other characters. Mm-hmm. Um, hell, I mean, you know, they you know that may or may not have been the introdu- introduction of Venom. I'd love to see a, a good Bane. I mean, I'm not knocking Tom Hardy. But that's not what I consider Bane to be. And I'm just curious to see how they would, how they could bring that one into effect. I mean, you know, you could have a clay face. I mean, you could have, I mean, there's like a, such a, you know, I mean, you know, we've seen, you know, um, Mr. Freeze. Well, I mean, we've seen a Victor you know, yeah. And then we've seen a Poison Ivy before, you know, we, and, you know, look at this iteration of the Riddler versus what, you know, we had seen previously. So, I mean, shit, let me see a man bat. I don't care. I mean, I want to see some other. There's, like, so many out there. Just bring them in, you know? It's just, and there's just such a, I don't know, I guess, maybe it's just an opportunity that, if you know, if they were going to come in with a second one, when they come in with the second one, just bring in a different character. Bring bring in some villains we haven't seen before. Right. I mean, that's just what I'm saying. I, I agree with you. I'd like to see that. I think some characters are a little harder to write in if you're trying to make this story more grounded. Like it's hard to write a Clayface in um, to this. Well, maybe this, not like to universe. the you know the exact specification, but it could be yeah. a Clayface to the point. It could be someone, a villain that kind of um, you know has different identities, or you know is able to you know that kind of you know you might be able to kind of mold it a little bit differently to where it's not like the you know specifically this clay looking dude. Yeah. So I mean, you know that kind of thing. Kevin says we need a justice for Mister Freeze. Hundred <laughs> percent agree. Such a great character, man. It would be so cool to see a badass Mister Freeze. Sorry, Arnold. I um, just think this is the perfect, like, style, the the movie style, the Gotham style, everything. I think it's perfect to tell. Uh, I mean, not even like a super complicated Mister Freeze, but just to do like Mister Freeze, like justice you know like 
creep back. Give me something. Make it. Mm-hmm. I just. Uh, it's there's so much that you could do with it. And we got, we got Batman and Robin. You know, we had Arnold. So. <laughs> they oh, tried. Hush, yeah. They tried. Batman hush. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my kids are going nuts. I had to make sure that scream was a scream of joy, not a scream of pain. Terror. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like they're having fun together. So, um, <clears throat> oh, it's one thing I wanted to mention. What it normally sounds like. <laughs> yeah. One one thing I wanted to ask: Did y'all know Margot Robbie was in this movie? Did I know? Like, like not as Harley Quinn. Like she's a character in this movie. I I couldn't like I read that afterwards and I looked at the cast and she is. I just couldn't pinpoint what character she was. You sure, it's the same Margot Robbie. It, let she me look it up again just, just to be safe. But I'm almost positive, man. Um, I could just be talking out my ass here. I don't know. But um, uh, okay, good. Kevin mentioned it twice. He was talking about how. Um, they never came out and said whether or not he was the son of the journalist who got killed. Right. Uh, I am not sure. I was under the assumption that he was just an orphan from early on, but I guess time frame wise with all that working out, um, there was the picture that he had on the wall. Cause that would have been the same time when, um, right before Thomas Wayne was killed. Yeah. I was going to say that picture had Thomas and Martha and Bruce. And in the background, he was turned staring directly at like, Bruce or the camera or something. And it, it it's, I mean, that doesn't say that he was an orphan then. It could have just been a choir singer or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have any, like, anything that you picked up on that I didn't pick up on. No, no I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to look up this thing right here with Margot Robbie. It was definitely a good question. Has had me thinking since the first time you asked. It. I just didn't know. I was trying to go back and and play. I don't think he really went into the the whole reason. I think he was just he just happened to just be there. I don't think it really went it into his background. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember anything about it. Didn't say anything specific about yeah. it. So okay, so I'm looking at the cast of this uh, of, of this whole thing, and Margot Robbie is on here as a cast member of the Batman movie. But she's the only character, or one of the only characters who doesn't have the name of who she played underneath her. It also says Matthew McConaughey and J.K. Simmons were in this movie, which I don't ah. know. How tr- I don't know how true this is. What I'm looking at. I think you're looking at false. Uh, I mean, it's on Google. It's the Batman cast. Yeah, I don't but trust I mean, Google for anything. <laughs> yeah, very could be wrong, and maybe that's what it was for me. I saw that, and I was like, oh, maybe, but it, it likely isn't. I'm sure now <laughs> that I see this. I know Matthew McConaughey was in this movie. I know J.K. Simmons wasn't in this movie. So. Yeah, I I only heard like one all right. That was it. No. Um, all right. Well, is there any more points y'all wanted to bring up? Because I guess the last thing we really need to do is just give our uh, final thoughts and uh, a letter grade for it. So if there's nothing else y'all want to bring up, we can just give some final thoughts or recommendations for anybody who hasn't seen it. But if you've gotten this far into the spoiler review of this and you haven't seen it, shame on you. Go see the damn movie. <laughs> You don't messed up, Craig. <laughs> Is there anything you want to bring up? I don't think so. I'll probably think of something afterwards, but <laughs> oh, I'm sure we'll talk about this movie again. I want to go see this movie again in theaters and we have a little downtime because uh, I wanted to cover the drug one more time because I did find it. I found it very interesting that this movie did something different. The drop the whole movie, drop heads, what they call it. Drop. Movie? So they call yeah. it like drop or whatever. 
So and to me, that is a um, metaphor for this whole movie. And what it is, is they, they created something. They didn't tell you everything about it, but you already knew what it was. Kevin brought up twice already that this movie is not a, not a character piece movie. And I say that, I say this backing that statement because the drop or the drugs that they have in this movie, they don't show you what it is. They don't tell you really what it is, but you pick up on all of the drop head comments. You pick up on the fact that they are dropping in the club. You pick up on the fact that it's a drug and it's illegal. And even the, the, the things that they show you, like the packaging and everything else. And to me, it was real big. It was a metaphor for how easy this movie was to, to fall into and know what it's about without it being drilled into your skull. Right. Like the, the Thomas and Martha thing didn't have to get drilled into your skull. How he became Batman didn't have to get drilled into your skull. None of these things. It just took what you know about Batman in its entirety, no matter whether or not you are 10, 20, or 30, 40, whatever, and you could just go go right off of that. Yeah. And I thought that they did a really good job with that. So I guess that's actually going to tie me right into like my final thoughts. Go see the movie. It was really good. Uh, nothing in this movie I thought was over the top. And nothing... It was, Sarah said at best, very psychological. It wasn't too extreme. Mm-hmm. So it didn't leave you like, what the hell just happened? But there were some scenes in this movie that made you really... It really gave gravity to Batman. It really made you feel like the criminals and the underworld and what the lifestyle that he chooses to live in Gotham is really about. And especially in the very beginning of him being Batman. Good points. Sarah, you got anything? Oh, I mean, that's, I, I mean, my, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, well, it's kind of like what, uh, you know, I said before is, you know, I really didn't have, I honestly thought I was going to go in to, Oh no! <laughs> got hyped up on the trailers. Yes, I know. Um, got hyped up on the trailers, and you know that kind of thing. And thinking, okay, well, I try not to have like a, any kind of expectation. But the fact of the matter, it like totally sucked me into the story. I really, really, really enjoyed this story. I really love the fact, like I said, I, it was like a psychological thriller. It was, it was an action movie. I mean, and it was Batman. I mean, it was just, it, there was like so many like cool aspects of it. Um, and I really bought him as Batman. I mean, you know, here we go. I'm like, this was Edward Cullen. You know, that's the first thing I told you guys. I was like, Robert Pattinson, like for real, seriously. But, um, I mean, I just, I just really enjoyed it. I mean, I may have looked at my watch one time just to see what time it was, just out of curiosity. And I was like, oh, hell, we're already, that's almost, oh, almost over. I mean, you know, the length of it really didn't bother me that bad. Okay. Um, but I just, there was just like so, it was, it was, it was a fun film. I mean, it was fun. It was I mean, fun. it was, and, and I think even if you weren't a Batman fan, you would still like this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those where it's not like your typical, 
you know, you got, you got the detective part of it. Like I said, you've got the psychological part of it. you got the thriller part of it. It's a freaking action movie, too. I and mean, like I said, I freaked the hell out when I saw that damn car and that chase. And I'm not one for car chases. I think a lot of times that's a little waste of movie. But that was the shit. I'm, so, I'm just like, oh, my God, this is crazy. So, um, but yeah, I recommend. Definitely go see it. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I 100% agree with you, too. Go see it. Um, final thoughts for me, still the same way. This is still not my favorite Batman has the possibility in the future based on what I've seen to become, but you know, my first kiss is not going to stay away from your girlfriend. So, um, I, I just, uh, I'm interested to see the growth of this. I like Matt Reeves as a director. Uh, Pattinson sold me as Batman. I have of course a few issues here and there with this movie, but I have issues, a couple of issues with every movie. There wasn't enough to pull me out of it and make me say, okay, that's, this is not good for me. I can't do this. I uh, love the casting. I uh, like the direction they're going. I recommend it as well. It's just, uh, it's when I got out, you guys asked me to describe the first in like in one sentence, what it was. And my description was, we have another Batman movie and that could, I, I was trying to be kind of, what's the word I'm looking for uh, broad with that, because that can be taken a lot of different ways, but it's in a good way. We have another Batman movie and I'm happy for that, that we have another version of Batman that I want mm -hmm. to see on the big screen. So uh, I guess the last thing to do is just give it some grades. So I guess just we'll go. Y'all want to do one through five or A B C D or A B C D E F? Why is there no E? Because that's excellent. And you can't be excellent when you're that far down mm -hmm. the road. Good point. Good point. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> all right. So one out of five. What do y'all think? I get a four. I mean, it it, it wasn't groundbreaking and earth shattering. But I really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed the writing. Okay. And the acting. I mean, I thought the acting was really good, too. I don't want to yeah. drop anything away from that. I'm right there with you. I'm at a four. Uh, it was a solid movie. I may like it even more after a second watch, but I'm more excited for the future of this franchise uh, going forward because it looks like stories that I, I'm going to enjoy and that I can look forward to. Which great, Sarah? I probably agree with you guys, but I might, I might give it maybe a 4.3. Okay. Reason because I like I like stories like this. I like stories that drop that pull you in and make you think, you know. And that this was one where you know, like with the riddles and all that kind of thing. Because apparently I must be a dumbass because there's like there's no way in hell I would have thought of that shit. There's no way. There's no way. so I mean it's just those types of stories. I mean I I like that type of writing. I like it pulled me in and. I just I just really enjoyed it for what it was. Were y'all trying to figure out the riddles before you were told the answer? Oh, there's, no there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. So I'm I'm no math wizard, but I think that gives us a 4.1 average. You made it easy for me with the 4.3 and three people, so I think that gives us a 4.1 average. <laughs> I could be wrong. Let me know if I am. But I am going to put you on the spot and ask you a question, though. Do it. What would you have liked to see now this movie that you did not get? What were you expecting? What did you come in with that you kind of were wanting to see and you didn't get? What could have made it better? Hmm. Oh, Kevin's is 4.7. I thought it was four question mark. Uh, that for me, honestly, it was the suit. The, the suit was the only thing about this movie that I didn't, uh, that, that didn't really like work for me. Everything else I'm totally down with. I disagree with you, Greg. I 100% oh, disagree with you now. Okay. I, okay, I'm not a big I, fan of the things. But yeah, the rest of it, I am on board for. Well, the I, reason I'm I say that, the thing that got me on that, is because mm 
it's one thing to see a photo, mm-hmm. but to see him move in it, to yeah. see, because I know you I had agree. a big issue with the collar. The mm-hmm. collar I loved. No, no. That, and, and that worked. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I, honestly, whenever I see it in live action, it actually works for me better. And I don't mind that. It's not the look of the suit for me so much anymore. It's the power set of it. Like I said, I don't like yeah. the idea of oh, what's your thought with the like, grappling gun? being bulletproof at this point and this point not. Like it just, it's like, oh, well, okay. It's just, but I mean, that's the mm-hmm. only thing that really pulled me out of it. I would change the suit and the suit's going to progress. But what's your I thought with the, graf- my- the grappling gun? Because I mean, I've always thought, is that really something that you could actually use? I mean, what did you think about this iteration of it? I mean, Batman always uses a grappling gun, so I'm going to believe that it's there. I, I like <laughs> it. Was it was very, uh, uh, oh my God, what is that video game? Arkham? It's the Arkham series? Oh, I can't remember it. Um, it's not Prince of Persia. It's the, uh, the, the other one with the, the Assassin, Assassin's Creed. It's very mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed. Um, to where, like, it, you know, he always had one that just, like, popped up and was, like, ready to go. But, I mean, Greg, you know enough about like powder loads, and like I understand getting shot with a bunch of like little nine millimeters, and if that thing truly is deflecting and whatever else, because I don't know how thick it is, he's got to be a pretty skinny guy, even though he's supposed to be muscly, because in the suit he doesn't look massive. He doesn't need like your wife said. He's no Ben Affleck, right? But. <laughs> I mean, a shotgun blast is a shotgun blast. And when that close is like, especially depending on what's loaded in that, in that shell is going to put you on your butt. Would it do what it did to him? I don't know. I think that they were really just trying to give him a purpose to, you know, stab himself. A hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. It seemed a little contrived and that's my only issue with it. Now moving forward, I, I'm okay with the suit. Like I said, the way it looks and, my wife actually brought up the point about the cowl. I don't necessarily like the just the kind of leather shoe as the as the the mask, but it's it's in development. I do like how it exposes so much of his jaw though, because that looks good. Whereas the Bale's Batman was just like the goatee. Yeah, this one comes like more. Saw. It's like more yeah. like your entire. I've always thought about that watching the the Nolan ones, and I've always yeah. disliked that. And I thought that was part of the reason. I actually made a joke when the Dark Knight came out everyone was talking about the fact that he could turn his head and i'm like yeah but they're still choking him with the suit so he's still making that raspy voice <laughs> that was the reason why he was doing it yeah uh but no i mean and i agree with you with the shotgun thing and, and you're right that way it would blow you away i'm not upset about him being blown away when they has got a shotgun that close but dude you know that even if you've got a kevlar plating on it somebody shoots you with a five five six round from 100 meters away it's going to knock you in your ass and he's just was, walking down the hall with these guys unloading on him. Rounds. Huh? So they were definitely shooting like uh like Uzi nine millimeter rounds. Either They're way, <laughs> either way, you're not just gonna walk straight forward. But but once again, this is a small issue. Yeah, this is a small issue with this movie, and you asked me what I would change, that would be what I changed. Is maybe maybe him not getting not necessarily not getting shot so much, but a better, a more realistic reaction with this very realistic take on Batman. You know? Yep. What about you, man? Yep. What would you change? I I would have loved to hear a little bit more about because I'm, I'm we're left to be under the assumption that Alfred did a large part of his training. And you know, which stands true in certain Batman stories. You know, Alfred is a badass in some Batman stories. 
I would love to know a little bit more about when and why he decided to pick it up. I don't need a Batman Begins story. Mm-hmm. As much as I like that movie, I don't need that all over again. Kind of goes against what I was saying about the whole drug metaphor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if... Really, I don't know. It was a pretty dang good story. Yeah, it was. The story was great. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Sarah? Anything you change? I think I'm good with it. I mean, honestly, I felt like it was, you know, if they're going to have a trilogy with this one, this is a good start. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious to see what, how they're going to, you know, move it forward because I see, a, you know, the character development. I see how they can, you know, roll with that. So... I just I look at this one as a start, and like I said, I just I just love the elements they put into it, and I'm hoping that the next one will have just as good elements as the first one. Because I know sometimes when you have a second one, it's not quite as great as the first one because it doesn't have that new newness to it. <laughs> and partially, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's, I would say it's a perfect setup for for. Okay, you get Ben Affleck's Batman, and he's a twenty. He's already into it twenty years, and everybody's issue with it was, well, how does he get to this point? Well, now mm-hmm. you're seeing Batman in the beginning and saying, well, okay, maybe I could see that guy in twenty years being at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, based on what I see in this movie. Totally. So, yeah, I, I think that's, that's what fans wanted to see is him get to that point. Doesn't mind him being there because he because Robert not only has the the lifespan to do so, mm-hmm. he didn't have to bulk up a crazy amount for this. Mm-hmm. He's not, like I said, he's not Batflick. He's not that guy yet. Not to say that I couldn't see him get there because I could, I could totally see the transition to him getting there. And I would love to see, you know, what he does to make Gotham better to all of those things. I could totally see it. And so I, that is why I think that this Batman works for me is because I could see all that stuff happen. Kevin says he thinks we get an Arkham City for the next one because the city's under martial type law deal. Yeah, I can see him going in that direction. And once again, that's that's hit on a few things that we've seen somewhat in the past. You know, like I guess in uh, Dark Knight Rises, there was a kind of a martial. Well, not I guess it really wasn't, but it was that type of deal. So yeah, I can see that on martial law. Yeah, martial law enforced by Bane. So I guess it wasn't martial law, but um, <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Anything else you want to say about it? Um, we have seen the Batman. Uh, we're all happy about where it's going. And uh, do we have? We don't even have an idea of when the next movie comes out, do we? Oh no, I don't think that they have a plan. I hope they have a plan. <laughs> yeah, I hope they have a plan because that's going to be the big. Don't don't Star Wars it, but that's going to be the big issue. So. All right, cool. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and put the Batman to bed for the night. And let's move on to our last topic, which I am excited to talk about because I actually watched this uh, this Star Trek stuff here going on. So I have not watched the first uh, season of Picard. However, uh, I've had three people already talk to me and ask me if I watched it because this season two was so good starting out. And I said, okay, well, I definitely got to watch it. And, you know, I wish Sarah and Ross would have told me about it a long time ago. I would have watched it a long time ago. But, you know, they never let me know about these kind of things. Uh, but uh, I did watch the first episode. It was amazing. I am completely lost in the sauce, and I have issues with time travel and everything anyway, and time jumps and shows. So we'll discuss that. But, Sarah, I'm going to start you off with Picard. Season 2, Episode 1, how are you feeling? 
I'm excited for this one. No, it's yeah. it it based it didn't even talk didn't even touch on. Well, I take it back. It did touch a bit on the, the first season. That was only with the um, what are they called the stuff? Shit, I can't remember what they're called. But it's like basically like the um, the androids. What are they called? Sense. Sense, yeah. So that was that was about the only thing that they really touched on that was like the previous season because I was kind of curious to see if they would you know kind of go forward with what had happened in season one, but no, they're like no, we're just gonna we're just gonna go full throttle into something totally different. So, um, and previously, and you know, I knew there was gonna be two OG characters from Next Generation that were gonna ring in, which I was. One, I was excited about seeing the other one, not so much because that wasn't really one of my favorite characters. And um, full spoiler, I'm talking about Guinan. I mean, because she was never really, um, never really a character I cared too much about because I don't know. But anyways, but when you saw Q, I said, yes, it's about to get real now because it sounds like to me, it's going to be kind of like a reiteration of, um, Oh God, what was the first episode? Was it um, Farpoint? Because I'm wondering if um, if Q's gonna put Picard back on trial again or not. So I'm curious to see if that how that goes. <laughs> but this other, is, this, oh, go ahead. But otherwise, it looks like it's gonna be a fun ride. <laughs> That's all I can yeah. say. <laughs> well, this is the fun part about not knowing a lot about Star Trek. Uh, is I don't know who Q is, but just based on Patrick Stewart and his reaction when he heard that voice, I was like, "Oh shit, it's about to get good." I like something. Something's happening. Um, Bro, I didn't Q watch season know who Q is. I'm going to tell you that right now. Do what? He doesn't know who Q is. <laughs> so I'm about to find out at least. Let's put it that way. Um, it's funny because I didn't watch season one, and you say this doesn't have anything to do with season one, but the way this episode started out, I was like, oh, this must have been like a cliffhanger ending for season one, and they're just taking up on it. No, not not the not not the case at all. But before I get yeah. into that, Ross, your thoughts just overall season two? Are you excited for it? Uh, this episode was really good. I was a little lost rocking right back into it because I didn't watch any recap information. Mm -hmm. I sent you that like primer YouTube video, which is like a real short and sweet, like here's a little bit of everything that you need to know just to get into it. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember exactly where I remember like the last scene of season one, but uh -huh. I don't remember how everyone got to where they were. And so as I'm watching it, I'm trying to piece it together in my brain again. I'm like, okay, hold on. What happened? I know all this. I know this. I know this. I know this. I know this. There's a time. There's a time lapse in there because. Yeah. And so trying to figure all that stuff out was really, mm -hmm. uh, it, it had me, it had me sucking in the best parts of this show, but still trying to figure out episode, but still trying to figure out um, what I had missed. And mm -hmm. I didn't miss anything. It really is just trying to progress to the next thing. And which mm -hmm. is which is good because I'm all aboard like let's you can only tell so much of a story before Patrick Stewart starts getting old again. And so mm -hmm. you want you want to get to the to the meat real fast. Just give me the story. Tell me what it's about. And when they jump to it in this episode, the reimagining of the Borg, not reimagining, but their different telling of the Borg mm -hmm. at this point in time. I mean, I was, I'm like, this is like, 
next generation all over again. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm here. Give it to me now. Give me two episodes <laughs> right now. I quit playing. Go ahead and jump into the story. <laughs> yeah. Can, can I tell I you something? After watching this, I'm watching Patrick Stewart playing this role, and I'm just like, my God, this guy's an amazing actor. Like, the speeches that he's giving in this and the wisdom he portrays in this character in this show, I wanted to sign up. I was like, sign me up. Give me the paper. I'm, I'm ready. Let's go, man. I'm, re- I'm ready to hop aboard and let's go. Because, like, I was like, man, this is this is some deep stuff right here. This guy, I would follow that guy into a fire. You know, or firefight. Yeah, or either one. But, yeah, I, I loved it, man. Um, and once again, this is me not even being a big Star Trek guy. Or not really knowing. Not that I don't like it, just not really knowing a whole lot about it. But I'm definitely going to go back and watch season one uh, based on what I've seen with this first episode and the fact that it's only ten episodes. Not a long season. Yeah. Just remember this one thing about Q. If you know nothing else about Q and Q continue, continuing, whenever you see Q, shenanigans are afoot. He's the Joker in the deck, my man. Yeah. See, I think I've heard something about Q before. Mm-hmm. It may just be something about Sarah and passing talking about it, but I don't really know enough about it. But like I said, once you saw his face when he heard that voice, I was like, oh. But I love how he engaged okay. himself. That was, well, in essence, both characters. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, like you, you mentioned the fact that we got two callback characters. And so with him, perfect. You know, like here's what he looks like. Or here's what he used to look like. But just to make well, it. Well, no, that's what he looks like. But he was like, okay, let me kind of force yeah. I look like you. Oh, if you're older, I want to be older too. And that's cute. That's the yeah. shit he pulls. I mean, he's such a <laughs> shenanigans. That's all I can say. To have Guinan do it too, or to to make an excuse about it, I was like, "You're not really selling it so much for me." But when Q did it, I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's Q, like you just mm-hmm. said." Exactly. Okay, so there may have been something I missed, or it may be something they just haven't told yet that we're waiting to find out. And y'all can let me know. So the way this episode starts out, it starts out with basically three quarters of the way through the episode, you're in this scene where their ship's going down and they're getting taken over. Goes to the rest of the episode, then brings you back to that point, and you get a little bit after that. Okay. He blows up the ship. And somehow he's not dead. Did I miss something, or is this something that's I'm assuming? They started the episode. The episode was like going on right then. So they were on the ship, all this stuff was happening, and then he um gives the codes for the self-destruct. Okay. At that as soon as that countdown happens, it goes prior to that. Yeah, 48 hours, I think it was. Yeah. Right, right. So it goes back. So in mm-hmm. essence, it's going back to show you the back to how they got to that point in time. Right, right. And I get that. But then they get to that point, and you see the explosion, and you see him the self-destruction of the ship. And then the next scene is him waking up in that area where he meets Q. So did I miss something, or have we just That's not found Q. out how we get from A to B? That's Q. I mean, I'm okay. I'm sorry. I know it makes absolutely no sense. Okay. <laughs> but just Google that character. Okay. And okay. it will okay. make absolute sense. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I I don't know enough about Star Trek, but it was just one thing. I was like, maybe I'm missing something. You know what? Actually, sure this brings up a up. very <laughs> good point with with how much you find time travel paradoxical. <laughs> Q may be your guy. Yeah. yeah, he may he may be your guy. Maybe I don't know. 
We'll see. Because he, I mean, he know, does something. He's he literally like if you think that there is a puppet master, um, I'm going to tell you right now, Q is probably playing with him. So <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to get into this character and figure out more about it. Like I said, I'm, I'm new to Star Trek, but I'm definitely down to learn. Um, don't know if I'll get into Discovery for a little while, but the cards. Very oh, Discovery. So yeah. Well, I had a friend at work tell me today, too. He was like, yeah, he's like, I'm watching Picard. He's like, Discovery. He's like, it's just so much. And I was like, yeah, I, I tried getting Discovery. I'm going to uh, hopefully eventually one day where there's always so much new stuff coming out. So. I made this argument. And you people thought that I was crazy. I made the argument that Paramount Plus screwed up. <laughs> I am all for all sorts of Star Treks. Mm-hmm. But I think that what's going to happen is that they're going to screw themselves royally when they keep trying to get the fans because let's face it star trek fans are hardcore star trek fans there are very few fair weather star trek fans you don't get that many because the problem is that it's tough to follow what you are going to actually have is an oversaturation which star trek fans have never experienced uh-uh. Paramount Plus is going to do something evil here, and they're doing it and without like anyone calling them on their shit. If they were to just finish Discovery and then roll directly into Picard, it would work so well. Well, because this- right now I'm stuck on it. Like I said, Discovery is it turned not that I got off of it, but the fact that they had that break really made me be like, "Hey, Discovery." Now they got episodes coming back, and I'm like, it's so good. Like I'm, I'm right back in the story. And a lot of people are really take it or leave it. They either like like Discovery, or they just yeah. like, man, it's not for me because you know they got all sorts of new whiz bang, two thousands plus blah 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 LGBTQ. I'm all all aboard that. I like the story. I did hear the thing about like, well, every time Michael Burnham's on the screen, all she does is whisper, and I'm like. Yeah, you're right. That's all she does. She always whispers. Things are always so tough for me. But I hate the fact that they're doing it. Paramount is really pissing me off with it. Because I could have been done with my Discovery story and rolled right in Picard, and I would still be there. And I hate to be this asshole to say it more than once on this show, but I just wish that they would have done it. Everyone else is doing it. Well, right. The thing that's throwing me off is the fact of if you read any of the Star Trek, like, books that canon it always it starts from the time after nemesis and moves on to then it's throwing me off because now this is before you had picard so picard is after that as well so and i'm like and the the different stories i'm like why aren't you doing this because these are some damn good stories too so i i'm all over the place with everything i'm just like oh my god Part of this argument, not, not argument, but self-confliction that I have, because they, I don't need a definitive timeline or definitive anything, but the more that they do to help would be better. When you yeah. start to run these shows concurrently, it really starts to screw with you, not only trying to figure out where it belongs on the, you know, registering on the map. But now you're actually living it in real time, watching these shows. Well, and that's the thing you got to remember, because Picard... It's at this time, which would, it's, it's like the natural progression of time. If that makes any sense. But Discovery is timeline. way the hell over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like way up here. So you would think they're happening con- 
conjointly, but they're not. One right. has already happened while the other one's taking place now. And the other one hasn't even taken place while this is taking place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Oh, and, and you got to think about. Q is your guy. Q is your guy. You got to think about the premise of this season too. Just I don't know if y'all watched the the preview for the season coming up afterwards, but it's basically I guess they're going back in time to fix the past to save the future. Yep. So it's like, oh, well, yeah. okay. Oh, no, anytime you deal with the board, that's the kind of shit you always end up doing. Yeah, yeah. that's always yeah. Got me confused now, so we'll see if I can keep up with it. <laughs> I've got you all to help me. Is there anything else y'all wanted to point out about this episode? Um, I, like I said, I don't know the characters going in. I, I thought that everybody played their role well. This, once again, for me, it just shows me how grave an actor uh, Stewart is, man. Like, I was like, wow, he's, he's he's getting up there in age, and he's doing a really good job portraying this character. Yeah. I still love seeing um, Jerry Ryan as 7 of 9. I've, I've, that's the start. That's the Voyager character. She was a human that was um, assimilated to a Borg, and then she came back. So that's why she has all those implants and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting to see her that she's such a badass now. <laughs> yeah. And then of course Captain Rio, seeing him on the um the Star Star the Stargazer. Because see the Stargazer, that was the ship that Picard had served on. But that's not the same iteration of the Stargazer. This is a new one. Mm-hmm. But to see him sitting on the bridge as the captain with a cigar in his mouth, I'm like. That was pretty cool. Are you supposed to be doing that? I mean, <laughs> while they're about really to sure. engage with somebody, he just puts a cigar in his mouth. I was like, oh, okay, I like this guy. Yeah, exactly. So it's just kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, so uh, one last question I have with the, the Borg at the end, I guess they said they sent their queen over. What'd y'all think of that look? Was that a new look? Cause I've never seen anything like that in Star Trek, but I'm not, a big, I don't know everything about Star Trek, but I thought it looked badass. Yeah. That's a new look. That's a new look. I that's thought it looked badass. I was like, wow. Okay. I could do that. And the other thing I wanted to bring up. If you're going to have a shit ton of people come in and start firing at this one person, after the first 97 rounds have bounced off and been shot back at you, at what point do you stop firing? And two, don't just walk into a room and stand there shooting. Get behind something. <laughs> you know, Get behind something. It just, it just blew my mind. I was like, well, okay. They, they were so your first point can't stop won't stop yeah. uh, <laughs> and your second one they have nothing to hide behind i mean mm-hmm. unless you I'd, know like human shields I, i'd have got behind somebody that's right <laughs> so, i got you back man you sorry, go somebody bigger than me but uh but yeah i'm, I'm really enjoying the this, this that episode at least so it's gotten hooked in the show i'm gonna go back and watch the first season talk about it whenever y'all want to and we'll just try to keep up with this as it goes this is a weekly drop one episode for week mm-hmm. on Thursdays. Thursdays, okay. Yeah, I don't think that there's any breaks. There should, there damn well better not be. Yeah, there's only like ten episodes. There shouldn't be any breaks. Don't CW it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Discovery only has like, I think their longest season was like thirteen episodes. Actually, I think it was fifteen. I think the first season was fifteen because I went back to look. I think it was like fifteen, and then it was fifteen or fourteen, and then it had to been like thirteen or something. It, it just kept getting shorter. But my point is, I'm like, just go ahead. I'm, I don't like the breaks. Just throw the shit out there. If it's going to be weekly, that's fine. Just give it to me. Yep. You know it's already shot, so damn it. Don't take any breaks. Yep. All right. Well, uh, that's all I got, y'all. That's sweet. We talked a lot about Batman, a little bit about uh, Picard, and even threw some Star Wars in there. Fun conversation. <laughs> like just, we talked about a, a television show and a movie. 
Yeah, we are well rounded. <laughs> we, we hit all three of them in three different franchises too. So pretty, pretty, pretty well run show. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Um, Sarah, where can they find you at if they want to talk to you? Oh, did she freeze? Yes, oh. I did. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're here now. Stupid ass. We'll be having a conversation <laughs> with Dubs about that. <laughs> I hear you. You can find her at her internet security's office, like trying yeah. to figure out who's in charge so she can punch them in the face. Oh. You'll do it. Well, all I do is punch a button. I'll piss everybody off real quick. So that's all I got to do. Yeah. Project. Is that the one that the don't, in case of emergency, break glass, or in case of emergency, break glass button? Mm-hmm. Smash. But well, where can they find you at? You can. <clears throat> Are you asking me? I am. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes if a damn internet works, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at my lady kitten. Um, and of course here normally on Friday nights, which, you know, we're taking a Saturday, but that's it's because of the Batman. Um, also, um, it looks like you might be able to find me um, sometimes on slice of film with Katie every now and again. So now I've been yeah. announced as one of the um, new co-hosts to kind of help her out a little bit. So I may or may not have, an episode of my own so i'm kind of excited about that so nice. might be hitting you boys up ross come <laughs> on show here but, I am. Um, oh yeah that's that's gonna be fun cool. cool i'll definitely check it out and i'll definitely try to be on one of those episodes with you um mm-hmm. uh ross they can find you here here Aki? so sarah if you're gonna hit me up hit me up right here <laughs> i know where i find you my friend that's right <laughs> She's got a little bit deeper knowledge behind the scenes info. So uh, you can find me at the Bat Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter. Uh, I have the show handles at SES Podcast One on Twitter. It's the only two forms of social media that, or the only form of social media that I have. Um, so it's the only way to get a hold of me. Um, we are here generally every Friday night, live nine PM Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, unless there's something that gets in the way, like a movie release, or we have all busy lives and just have to push the show. But uh, we try to get to you every week. Audio drops on Mondays on any podcatcher of your choice. Give it a like, give it a review, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Um, and you can come with us live on Fridays, be in the chat room, be part of the show. We'll highlight your comments. We'll answer your questions. It's fun interaction. So come check us out. But uh, with all that being said, man, I got nothing else. Let's go ahead and get out of here. Um, I guess yes. keep pounding. Bye guys. I'm no longer vengeance.